The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And this may be a day late, but what matters to me is I want the world to know that I am truly thankful for the service that my brother provided and the service that every young man and young woman, some older men and older women, have provided for this country to make us feel as safe and secure as we possibly can to be the leaders and supporting people all over the world uh, who believe they should have rights as every other citizen should have to go about their life in a way of which they're, they're not doing or bringing any harm to anybody else, that they're giving, you know, life, liberty, and justice for all. <laughs> you would hope that that would happen every place uh, around the world. And so for those service people that have given us that, uh, those things, life, liberty, and justice for all, protect this country, and even try to protect those around the country that can't protect, around the world that can't protect themselves, I humbly say thank you. And I just want to share one other moment as it relates to our, our, our service people out there. Uh, a time and moment has nothing to do with, with war, I would say, but just a time of which those people who are in the military take time out for their schedule, which is much more important than what we as former athletes have to do. And, and that is they take the time out to come out and demonstrate, if you will, I guess some of the equipment of which they use when they go into battle. And if you have never in your life ever been to, there's certain things about an athletic event, particularly when it comes to football, that is just so much different than other events because you have a combination of outdoor activities that, that, that blossom into indoor activities and, and then you, you celebrate, you know, and it's, man, it, it is just something that is so spectacular. And, and you can sing the national anthem inside. And it can bring you to your knees. It can humble you and just make you so thankful. And you can reflect upon those loved ones who have come back home. I don't want to talk about those. I do want to celebrate those who went to heaven. We certainly want to celebrate that. But those that come back home, you can celebrate that there. And I, and I saw so many examples across the country where, where people were surprised at football games and sporting events. And they run out and they hug their children and their wives. But let me just say this. When those fighter jets fly over those stadiums, oh my God, I'm trying to think of some of the 
you know, in terms of the emotion in my lifetime, some of the things that I've, you know, I've reached my emotional peak. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I am telling you, the sound of a jet flying, just hovering, boom, it's not hovering, it's flying past at light, sometimes lightning speed, boom, going that fast. But when they come over that stadium and you hear them approaching and you hear that engine and you hear the, oh, oh, man, ain't nothing like it. If you ain't ready for some football, you will be ready for some people in the stadium, in the stands, want to come out their seats and go down and sometimes help some teams. And some teams need a whole lot of help. Uh, Tampa Bay got some help last night. But I tell you what, there's some teams that need some help. And that is some extra inspiration when those Jets fly over those stadiums. So I'm going to tell you, again, had nothing to do with football. I mean, it had nothing to do with war, but everything to do with football because it just takes you to that peak. If, you, if you're trying to get fired up and you just, you know, you're almost there, but you just feel like something's missing. When them Jets come in there, it's there. It has arrived. It's game time, baby. Time to strap it up. Oh, put a hat on a hat and get it done. Just thinking about it makes me want to play again. So anyway, I just thought I would share that with you guys for a few minutes. You know, listen, I get, I love this thing. Born and raised. As Chris Carter said, you know, born and bred, you know, in the Hall of Fame city. That's how I do mine. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. Again, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, I, I told my man out there, and he just perhaps maybe may give us a call, and that uh, Rick is... Uh, been a, a very good supporter of Andy Reid and Kansas City Chiefs. And, and I, I'm just a little concerned now because, you know, sometimes when you go through a season, there's always going to be adversity. There's going to be adversity for every team that takes the field. And, and, and a lot of times in the National Football League, adversity shows up in the form of injuries. And the team that can sustain itself through that, through injuries, and let me just say this. I'm not going to make an excuse for the Green Bay Packers or they're not going to be able to win now because they don't have Aaron Rodgers. That's too bad. That's part of football. Ask Phil Simms. How Stella stepped in for him? You know, go back and ask Terry Bradshaw. He's up there. Jefferson Street, John Gillum stepped in for him. You know, ask Bernie Kozar when we were playing. You know, shout out to Gary Danielson. Gary stepped in for Bernie. You know, you next man up. That didn't just come about. That, that's been the theme of an NFL locker room for years. you got to be ready when your time comes. Your backup should be. And this is what I've always said about the National Football League. Your backup should be as good as your starter. It should, every, if, if everybody is competing for a position, then there should not be that much difference in the backup when he comes into the game and the starter. If that's the case, then you didn't do a good job as the personnel evaluator of your talent on your football team because you want to know that we ain't going to miss a beat when that man goes down and next man steps in. That's, that's what football is all about. That's, if I'm a talent evaluator and, and I'm, I'm responsible for personnel, that's what I want my Listen, I want my team to have starters on the team that don't ever want to come out of the – that's the generation I'm from, but you have to understand – don't ever want to come out of the game. Why? Because they don't want that next man to get on the field. Why? Because that next, next man, he knows that he barely beat that next man out. And if that next man steps in on the field, he may not get back in. Now, example of it right now that's happening. 
in the National Football League. Michael Vick, I, listen, I love Michael Vick as a quarterback. You know, you, you Mike has so much talent, but maybe there's some things that Mike may be missing. You have to take everything into consideration. Whatever position that you play, you have to take all things into consideration. I just want to share this with you guys right now. I'm just feeling like sharing this with you. And part of that is is size. And then also there are people that they say that, you know, they just they're, they're just injury prone. And if you look at Michael Vick, they got a statistic to show you that Mike has not been able to complete in all his years of playing ball. Mike may have completed one season where he didn't miss some time. Maybe. That's called injury prone. And like we are, you've heard me and many other former players, current players and coaches talk about the injury factor. There's a difference in an injury than being hurt because hurt. Everything hurts. You see the way these people get hit. Every time they get hit, shout out to Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Brandon made an excellent point when, when he was talking a little bit about the incognito thing. But Brandon talked about, hey, when, when the little dudes get hurt, man, get up, man, shake it off. After little girls cry, oh, it's going to be okay. So you are trained to play with pain. Don't tell me anything hurts. As a matter of fact, shout out to Coach Hayes, Woody Hayes. What Coach Hayes used to always tell us is it's not that guy that's on the ground. He's rolling all over. He could be hollering and screaming for his mama, if you will. Woody ain't worried about him. He never was worried about him. Woody is worried about when there's one of his players down on the field and he is not moving. He hasn't said a word. He is unconscious. And he doesn't have the ability to tell you what hurts. Now, you know what's really interesting about that? Let me say this because of my own personal experience. That's what's good about listening to Voice America Sports and those who are on this show. They can tell you from their own experience. This is not hypothetical. The times where I've received, a con- I've been concussed and knocked out. Guess what? It didn't hurt. Did you hear me? I didn't say that right again. Okay. The times when I was concussed and knocked out, it didn't hurt. Guess why? Because I was knocked out. I didn't feel it. I was asleep. As far as I know, I mean, I can't tell you anything. I can see the pictures. My old man hit me, knocked me out. I'm like, really, dude? You really want to? Felix, shout out to Felix Wright. He know. Close his eyes. You can't be closing your eyes and hitting your own man into my career. But let me just say, that when if you ask the average person, go to boxing. Now, there's some people who may have some memory of it, and they may feel the hit. But I, when I, I, I didn't. I can't tell you that, man, that hit, he hit me so hard, or I hit him so hard, I dislocated my shoulder and knocked myself out. Shout out to Arnie. I'm going to share this story with you now. My shoulder was dislocated. Now, here's how and when I started feeling the pain. When it was time for the staff, the training staff and the medical staff, to put my shoulder back in place, that's when I started feeling some pain. And why? Because they felt like they needed the only way to do it is to, you know, right here. Well, let's take him in the locker room and pull it back into place. Let's put our foot up in the socket of his arm, his armpit. Put your foot up there. Imagine this. You can see an illustration of this. Visualize this. Put their foot in the armpit of my arm. Grab my wrist and pull as hard as they could. 
Now, that was painful. That, that was painful. When I knocked myself out making a tackle and dislocated my shoulder, mm, I don't remember that. That wasn't painful. But now, you got to try to fix it before you go into surgery. Let's try to see if we can pull it in and not have to do it in surgery. Let's just pull it in. Now, I admit they might have gave me a shot or two of whatever. They don't ask. They don't tell you. It's just, hey, man, it doesn't really want to go in. I think we need to do something else. Now, what that shot did, and I, again, I'm, I'm just trying to remember because that was painful. And I might have been in a state of shock because it was so painful. But when they were pulling, I do remember being in some pain then. But on the knockout, you just knocked out. And so let me go back again and get back to the fact that what I was saying is that injury is no excuse for your team not being able to perform. The fact that one of your starters is no longer able to perform for you is not an excuse for you not to win football games. What that shows is a lack of depth. You should not have a lack of depth on your team. Think about it. The wide receivers. You line up, sometimes you got four wides on the, in a game. So you got, you know, it's, if it's two wide, if you're in a, you know, in a pro set, you got two wide receivers and a tight end. You know, maybe one, you know, two running backs in the backfield or something like that. They don't do, not, not so much, but, you know, so you got at least two other wide receivers on the bench that they can come in. Now, what you want to have in the wide receivers is those wide receivers someplace else could be starting. And even if somebody go down, you ain't going to miss a beat. That's what I'm talking about. Let's not make excuses because the position, mm, talent went down. It didn't happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> Looks like my man might be taking him to the next level. But hang in there, Mike. Back up as good as the starter. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We're going to talk about, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about maybe the Kansas City Chiefs. If Rick is on the line, we'll be right back. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on playing to win at youbet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. 
The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me was yesterday was the day that we celebrated the veterans of this uh, great country of ours, but we should celebrate the veterans of this great country every day. So I want to give a shout out to my brother Roy and to every other military veteran and current uh, military person in the United States of America. And to be quite honest, Let's extend that across the world. And, and I'm sure those soldiers would much rather that they were there to just in a peaceful environment than that they were out there to actually attack one another. Uh, so I, I think I certainly want to get to the point where uh, there is no war in the world, period. I don't believe it. I, I think man and woman should be able to sit down and discuss their differences and that we should not, uh, you know, have to pull weapons uh, to determine what's best for Whomever, if if you don't, you, everybody's not always going to agree a hundred percent. In fact, if you do, then one of you are not. The, your pulse is not working. There's something wrong. So uh, let, let's just let's just leave it like that. Uh, let me move on. But before I move on, because I'm going to continue to talk about injuries and excuses and and pain and hurt and the National Football League and basketball's coming too. And again, is some injuries have had some taking some tolls on some people's body in basketball too. But let me just say this. I want to give a shout out to a, a friend of mine from that great Hall of Fame city by the name of Dave Jingo. Dave has done an outstanding job in, in working together with those folks. There is a great story out there and a, and a, and a great film that Dave worked on and helped produce. And, and it's called The Cookie That Did Not Crumble. And that's the Cookie Gilchrist story. And that's what you really have to understand. Coming from the Hall of Fame city, Dave participated and worked on that project and worked very hard, and they walked away from Los Angeles. I'm talking Canton, Ohio, doing something special out in Los Angeles, California, and they walked away with first place. It was the Los Angeles All Sports Film Festival, and the piece that won it was Misunderstood, the Cookie Gilchrist story. Misunderstood. Think about that now. Misunderstood the Cookie Gilchrist story. And for those of you out there that are Buffalo Bill fans, you should be, if you're fans of the National Football, there's so many people out there that say they're fans, they're historians, and you throw a name up and they, can, they can't support what their claim is. Because if you're a fan and a historian, you should know that. And so me, every now and then, I, I would admit that I, I think I'm a, a fan, but I've been hitting my head quite a few times. 
But I got a chance to go in and do some research. It wasn't research for me. Actually, it was just a visit, several visits into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and, and go into, you know, in those vaults of history. And, and I, I watched some of those videos and I've read some of those things that are on the wall and, and seen some many of those pictures. Uh, but but this was a man that played for the Buffalo Bills. And there are people out there that tell you, O.J. and the mother, look, you, you just the greatest Buffalo Bill. Maybe. Maybe Cookie Gilchrist. So be looking out for that. And, uh, man, I'm so happy for my man, Dave Jingo, and for those folks over there who uh, also wrote the book. The book is called The Cookie That Did Not Crumble. So the movie came from the book. So take a look at that. and It's going to be coming to a theater near you. And uh, I hope to see those guys up there at the, uh, at the Super Bowl, at the Player Networking event. That's where I first saw them years ago. And I'm so excited and looking forward to seeing those guys. Again, misunderstood the Cookie Gilchrist story and looking forward to seeing those guys. Speaking of that, uh, my good friend Guy Troop is in town and, and, uh, the, the Super Bowl host committee here in, in Arizona doing an excellent job. I, I spent time with Guy in, in the Super Bowl host committee this weekend. Went to see the Arizona Cardinals football game, uh, against the, uh, that other team out there. <laughs> and which, uh, you know, it's just a shame because, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think the Texans, you know, they, they've got some some issues with the team and things are starting to get out of hand a little bit. And 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 now you've got Ed Reed, I think, is going to be released from the team if it hasn't already happened. And that's just sometimes where frustration sets in. Uh, but I, I will certainly say this, that uh, let me get back to the Super Bowl host committee here in Phoenix, Arizona, doing an excellent job. Uh, people are now out traveling, seeing the various venues across this uh, great city here in Phoenix to determine where a lot of events will be held at. Uh, but I just want to give a shout out to them. They did an excellent job. I enjoyed my time there. It's always good when you watch a game in a suite. And it was it was a sweet life for me this weekend. And those folks are doing an excellent job. So uh, and, and guys getting ready for the player networking event. And he will be calling me sometime soon here. In the next couple of weeks, so we will discuss, um, again, continued support for players making their transition from the game to, to the real world. Because pro football, listen, sports, for, if you're playing it, it's not a career. It's a temporary job experience. A career is something you can do for 30 years, 20 years, 15 years. But even nowadays, people change careers. The, the average working man and female is not the way their, their career doesn't fall out the way it did years ago. There's a different roadmap to it. You go along a lot of different career paths and roads, and there's some temporary job experiences for those people as well. So anyway, uh, let, me, let me get back. And um, there's one other thing because we're talking about injury and, uh, you know, and those who are hurt. There's some who are injured, some who are hurt. Uh, I, I had a conversation uh, last weekend, if you will, uh, an interview, and uh, that interview was with Deadspin Magazine, and I think they called me probably the day before Tony Dorsett was on TV to acknowledge um, that he had been diagnosed with early signs and symptoms of CTE. Uh, I was not aware that Tony was going to be a part of that uh, as, as, as a living human being. I would assume if anything would have ever happened to him, uh, I would hope if anything ever happened to me uh, in postmortem that they would try to take a look at my brain and see what would happen. But um, they asked me a question um, about Tony Dorsett, and it had something to do with my, my Facebook picture. 
Now, for those of you out there that know me, you know, I'm from the old Woody Hayes school, and I understand Urban Meyer's having a few problems with some players today that, you know, perhaps maybe says something might be seen and viewed as boasters, but Woody Hayes always told us that, listen, you know, you don't have to brag a lot because, you know, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, somebody's going to be writing about it. Well, sometimes those people who are right or writing, they they will overlook you. So every now and then you might want to say something. Shout out to my man, Frank Minifield. Frank Minifield, <laughs> a long time, listen, uh, Hanford Dixon and myself, this, I'm talking in, in the voice of Frank Minifield, Hanford Dixon and myself, uh, we can do it all. You know, we can hit, we can tackle, we can run, we can catch. We do it all. They're complete corners. That's what, shout out to Frank Minifield, had to let the media know because I think perhaps maybe they thought they were perhaps maybe a little, you know, deficient in certain areas. Frank wanted to say, no, we can do it all. We can run, we can tackle, we can hit, we can cover, you know, we catch the ball, we can do everything. Well, speaking of my Facebook page, the picture was up there because when my good friend Dave Dorson, shout out to John Noah H. Wilson too, my good friend Dave Dorson, uh, when he, I'm going to say it this way, Dave, because it's, it's what happened. You know I'm mad at you. When he took his life, uh, but at the same time, left a piece of it here with us so that we could take a look at a diagnosis and, and, and it would come to reveal that he too suffered from CTE. I didn't have a picture up. And because of the relationship Dave and I had, I decided to put a picture up. And I didn't want to just put up any picture. I wanted a picture to put up that would bring attention, not to me, but to what happens on the football field. And, and I, I couldn't think of a better picture that I had than that picture. Some of you for the first time ever might have saw that play, play out on ESPN in the loop last week on CNN, on Good Morning America and all that. That, that picture is not for the purpose for me to, to brag about anything or any play or any hit. Tony Dorsett, for those of you who don't know, is if I, anybody who knows Ray Ellis will say to you that if Ray had a chance to have a football team and to pick a running back, he would flip a coin. And if that coin on one side had Marcus Allen and on the other side had Tony Dorsett, he would be happy with either one of them. My all-time favorite running backs, and again, this is from my experience, okay? Uh, give me Tony Dorsett. And Marcus Allen, I'll play anybody who ever played before them and anybody who ever played after them and anybody who was playing now. Tony Dorsett and Marcus Allen, my favorite running backs of all time. So for me, it's not about bragging. It's about the fact that this is a man that, like today's players that are in college and in high school, you know, you know as, you, as you're playing Madden and you're playing with your favorite player, the next thing you know you're in the huddle with your favorite player. Can you imagine that? I mean, you got a fantasy. You talk about football fantasy. You got a fantasy because you, that's what you're you playing a game. You're fantasizing that you're this player. This player is now your teammate. Or no, better than that, because this was my experience. You now have to hit as hard as you possibly can hit and try to hurt, not injure, so that it can somehow or another, you know, slow him down a little bit to give you an advantage, to take the advantage away from him because he has an advantage. Nobody should be that fast, that quick, you know, that strong, you know, frame of mind such they can make a decision and change and make another decision on the spot, on a dime, 
without letting you know I'm about to do something different than you've ever seen before. All those things are the, the attributes that these people have on a football field. And Tony's was so great. And so for me to be playing in a football game and have to do my thing to the best of my ability, and I, and I did it. But what people don't realize is I put that picture up there when I did, and John Noah H. Wilson said to me, finally, you put a picture up there. But I, I didn't want to go into but why I put that picture up there. Because I had just lost my good friend Dave Dorsey, and that was to bring attention that, you know what? Dave and I used to talk about the fact that at some point in time, Ray and Dave, it's, it's going to draw close, very close, and closer and closer. And then you, you somehow are going to show up in the conversation. I didn't think Dave would show up in the conversation because he took his life. I didn't think I would show up in the conversation because Tony Dorsett was going to say that, you know, probably the hardest I've ever been hit in my life was when Ray Ellis hit me. I'm going to finish that conversation on the other side of the break because, man, you fantasize about your heroes. You don't ever want to do that. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It matters to me. Thank you to all those veterans out there. Thank you very much. God bless you. You know, when I see them in the store, all I have to do is walk up to the man or the lady 
Reach my hand out as I do all the time. Nobody ever told me to do this in my life. Walk up to the man or the woman, stick my hand out, shake their hand, look them dead in the eye, and say to them, thank you. You don't have to say nothing else. They know exactly what you're saying. That's all you got to do. And do it as many times as you can. If you, if you don't believe in shaking hands, then give them a fist bump. But you walk up to them, fist bump them, say thank you. They know what it means. And it means so much to them. Just a small gesture means the world to them. Thank you. Now let me get back. I got to finish that Tony Dorsett story because here's all I want you to understand. I put the picture there for the world to see. Because Tony Dorsett is one of the greatest running backs to ever, at that time, well, there was a couple others. John Riggins was going to be a Hall of Famer. There was quite a few Hall of Famers I was playing against every week. But Tony Dorsett at that time was the Hall of Fame running back. Marcus was in the league too, so, you know, Marcus. But my point is, once Tony was, you know, had a concussion, you know, Tony said it was a knockout. That's what we called it. We didn't use concussion. They didn't, that wasn't in our, no. We didn't use that in sports, in football, basketball, baseball, hockey. We, no, we said knockout. So when he was knocked out or got his bell rung, one of the greatest of all times. If you saw it last week, just imagine if you saw that last week. If you saw that hit, I, I, I'm not bragging, I'm just, just, I'm just talking. If you saw that hit last week, like I did, on SportsCenter and Good Morning America, CNN and all that, and it was your brother or your sister, your, your, your brother or your, your sisters can't do this, nope. It was your brother, it was your husband, it was your brother-in-law, it was your cousin, it was your nephew. And he got hit like that. Would you allow them to put him back in the game? That's, that's the point. That, that's what I was doing. I put that picture up there to show this. I put my picture up to show that of all the things I want you people to understand is this is how negligent. And I, I want to find another word, but there is a lack of concern. And accountability. That's why it's, things are still, you know, quite, uh, they're not quite yet solved or resolved at the moment. There's a settlement out there, but it's, things aren't resolved. But this was the negligence that they, it was carelessness. You know, a body, a human being, to be hit like that and then to put them back into a football game. Now you're going to say, well, didn't he? The man has said he didn't remember much after that at all. In fact, Here's the amazing thing about it. He came back and ran for 100 yards and two quarters. He running around. I'm trying to catch him again. I'm thinking, what in the hell is going on? You know, it's, it's almost like an ant trying to, you know, push your finger and step on the ant. You know how an ant be moving? Like, that's, how that's how he was moving the second half. Now, he moved like that before that, but then he was really moving like that. Got 100 yards on us in the second half, and he and I have laughed about this matter and just saying hello to each other. Not about his condition, but about the game. And so I, I just want you to know that that picture is there to bring attention to the fact that this is how much they cared about the greatest that ever played this game. Think about what they think about those who are not as good as the greatest that ever played the game. If they do that to them. Imagine what they're going to do to little humble me. And I, I know what they did to me. I, so I have my own story. That's another one you'll hear at a later date and time. But I, that, that was the point. When Dave took his life, I was like, okay, I'm putting the picture up. I'm putting the picture up because this CTE thing is just going too far. It's taking too many lives. And it's related to football. And here's how you get it. A lot of times it's because 
multiple hits and uh, over a period of time to punish your brain like that, eventually it could catch up to you. And here's an example of somebody that was hit as hard as I have ever hit anybody in my life. And this is what happened to him in a game. But they put him back in the game because all that matters. And shout out to Al Davis because Oakland Raiders are probably outside of the teams that I play for, my favorite team. If I'm not rooting for the Eagles or the Browns, I'm a Raiders fan to my true heart. Why? Because I got a picture in my office on my wall of probably the, he, the greatest safety that ever played the game. A safety that played the game in such a way that it impacted the way linebackers play and, and, and defensive linemen play. And that's Jack Tatum. In case you don't know, when you hear he, he got jacked up, that's what that means. <laughs> Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack Tatum. Oh, he got jacked up. Exactly. One of the most violent football players there ever was. Now, somebody asked me, Deadspin asked me, well, Ray, where'd you learn how to play? Where? Again, you know me. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't play that way. I, I played very physical in high school. As a matter of fact, I got to be honest. There's a young man out there. I don't know his name. But I made a tackle one time, and God knows I was so scared because I thought something happened to him. I might not see him healthy again. Uh, but I was, taught, I was very aggressive in high school. Shout out to Coach Knox. Uh, Bill Knox was my high school coach. His brother was the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Chuck Knox. And so... Um, I learned how to play very physical in high school. But when I got to the Ohio State University, I'm going to just tell you the way it is. You might read it in Deadspin, but you heard it here first. Pete Carroll, my secondary coach, my junior year. Nick Saban was my secondary coach my senior year. Two men, I think right now, you know, when it comes to football, they're crazy about football. Absolutely crazy about football. You should see some of the videos of Nick at practice. Nick Saban at practice. Don't get in the way and don't make mistakes. Nick is serious about football. Pete Carroll, shh, don't check him out. Look at Pete Carroll's secondary right now. This, the Doomsday, I think they call themselves. Pete used to bring a film into the locker room, and the, lock, the, the film was this it was how to hit, how Pete wanted his secondary to hit in the face. You seen the movie in the face. Yeah, you know that. Right. Exactly. If you hit somebody in the knee, you hit them in the hip, the thigh, the waist, the chest. You could I mean, you could hit them hard, too. No, nope, you didn't hit him in the face. So I used to have a website out there. As a matter of fact, uh, I think I can say it now when I was taking my depositions. And the NC2A lawsuit, they asked me about some of the pictures. Now, this site didn't even exist anymore. But they asked me about some, you know, pictures that I had up on my website. And one of the pictures, two pictures I had. One where I hit the guy with a forearm. And I said, oh, Pete's mad. You know, probably mad as hell. The other one at Ohio State, I showed it wasn't at Ohio State. It was my picture with Tony Dorsett. And Pete's happy because I hit him in the face. That's what Pete wanted. So anyway, I, I just wanted to share that Tony there said that picture is there and you'll see you'll see that picture someplace else down the road. But that picture is to remind you it's a very violent game. But be safe. Keep your head up. Don't use your head anymore. You know, and, and understand it's a game. Live for another day. Just tackle. Just wrap up. Don't don't hit anymore. Just tackle. So as I was saying, let, let me let me move away from that. 
And let me move on to the National Football League. And, you know, this is what's really wild about the National Football League. I've told you years ago, I think some of you stopped listening to me. A week in the National Football League is like, you know, two or three weeks in basketball and baseball. One game can change so much. These power rankings, they come out with these things. It's a joke. Because, you know, you can be at the top one week and next week you're at the bottom. You know, unlike, you know, college football. And that's why college football is going to move. Because this power ranking, although they can have their power ranking system, but the fact of the matter is, if you lose a game one week and the power ranking system might affect you, but if you still ahead in your division, you okay. Because you can get into the playoffs, and that's all that really matters. It's just get an invitation to the dance. And if you do that, you still got a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's what's wrong with college football, is that, again, the Ohio State University, if, if they were to get their chance, they would have to go undefeated pretty much. You know, if if Alabama's going to get a chance, now if Alabama loses a game, should they drop all the way down to the point where they're out of the national championship run? I don't think they should. But that could happen with the system that they have in place now. That's what's wrong with the system. You know, you got the big power divisions out there. Bring them all and, you know, have some conference championships and get a playoff system together and let's let's find out on the field who is the best team. And that, of course, is what's going to happen in college football. And but this power ranking stuff, I want you guys to know that it is. All of a sudden, you know, I said, listen, if they're the number, and Rick hasn't had a chance to call in because I know he's busy, but the thing with the Kansas City Chiefs, listen, they're playing National Football League teams. I don't care. They're playing National Football League teams. And until they lose, if they're undefeated, you judge a team by its wins and its losses. At the end, we always say as players, as long as I get a W and not an L, I don't care if the system, the point system allows you to get a half a point and you can win a game. I can win all my games by half a point and I'll take the trophy home at the end of the year. Don't care. But the system now is such that wins and losses. Points to some people. Those pundits, are, okay, perhaps maybe they make a difference. But style points, mm-mm. that's what Ohio State's trying to do, get style points now. No. National Football League, win. Just win, baby. When it's, Al Davis told you, just win. So now the Kansas City Chiefs, I got to give it to the Chiefs. They got to be the number one team in the National Football League. Whoever, every time you send somebody in front of them, okay, that one, we beat that one, we beat that one, we beat that one. We, they just keep beating teams. So now that I got Rick on the phone, and, and we've got some issues because we're going through the power ranking, and the Chiefs, although Rick disagreed with me because he paid attention to somebody else's power ranking last week, and I told him it was still the Chiefs because they were undefeated. Uh, but Rick is on the phone. Rick, do you believe now? And you'd believe then, I'm sure, just those other folks kind of had it mixed up. But I think the power rankings now have the Chiefs still sitting at the top. You still hanging with them? I am. Um, I, of course I am, Ray. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I think every every newspaper around the country's got that power ranking all confused. But I think the bottom line is what we talked about: nine and zero is nine and zero, and 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 there are a couple eight and one teams I believe still left, and we're playing one on uh, Sunday night. Uh, but like you said, and, and haven't played at that level, a W is a W, and and at the end, um, 
you'll take that trophy home and, and, and you'll be proud of it. Let's talk about something else here real fast, Rick. You got an issue off the team, um, off the field with the bowl. Uh, I think he was caught, perhaps maybe stopped in his car for speeding, going about 13 miles, you know, over the speed limit, 15 miles, whatever. Also had some, you know, in, in certain states, maybe okay. And in Missouri, it's not okay. Or wherever he was, it's not state of Ken, not okay. But I will say this. Uh, I think Andy is going to really be tested this week. Because, again, you know him personally. I know him, from, you know, from a distance. But... The fact that one of his players was stopped, the speeding would have been okay. But then the drug played into it. And, again, we're dealing with human beings here. Do you think that, oh, man, that's going to send Andy back spiraling to a place of darkness where he doesn't want to go? Or you think he's going to be able to survive and keep himself together, keep his team together, and deal with Bo in such a way whereas... You know, it's not going to truly affect the rest of the team, but that's a hell of a ball player is going to be missing if, if they suspend him for a game. Well, I knew we were going to talk about this, Ray. I put a lot of thought into this. I know Andy. I know how he feels about it. Andy has dealt with some character issues along the way in Philly. He took a chance with T.O. He took a chance with Michael Vick. He took a chance with a few other cats, Deshaun Jackson, the one thing Andy told me when he first took over head coaching is he'll take character over talent any day of the week. And I asked him why, and he said because character will continue to build and grow and get better, and talent will stay stagnant. And after a year or two, that character player will actually become a better player than the one that came into the league with talent. Because initially when he had the number two pick in 1999, I think the whole country, and me included, suggested to Andy, get Ricky Williams. He he didn't like the character of Ricky Williams, he told me. And that's why he went with Donovan McNabb. I can tell you exactly what's going on in Andy's mind without even speaking to him. I didn't even bother to text him on the subject or even call him on the subject because I know exactly how he feels. He believes in character. And the way he looks at it, a number two is nothing but an injury away from a number one. And he's going to tell that number two receiver that's behind you're going to step up and you're going to have the game of your life. Now, does it hurt our chances a little bit? Of course it does. Dwayne's been taking a double team most of the year, okay? I know we don't, uh, Graham's been playing good at the tight end position, okay? But yeah, it's going to hurt us. And he's also a rah-rah guy in the locker room, Dwayne. So it's going to hurt. But Andy has been through this before. He's been in this rodeo. And he's also told me when times get tough, Rick, Put your shoulder to the wagon wheel and push. So I think if anything, it's going to get him a little bit more focused and fired up on this game rather than the opposite, Ray. Well, I would just say this. Uh, you, you mentioned, first of all, I want to do this because as a former player myself, I, I find this very interesting. When I'm on the outside, you can look at the... the, the you can look at the game from a complete different perspective. There's there, there's times where I know that people were given company lines. And even I might have given a company line or two every now and then, but I was always one of those people. No, I wanted to be free to speak my mind. I did it when I was with Buddy Ryan. They asked me, was I afraid of Buddy Ryan? I was like, hell no. He puts his pants on, I hope, just like I do mine, one leg at a time. I am not afraid Amen. of him. If it's my attention he wants, he may have it as it relates to this. But I, but I think I'm a good enough ball player. That the last thing I have to worry about is making the daggone team. You know, because he was thinking about releasing me, and I, I knew it was something else. Those three players that you mentioned, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that those three players, 
you know, are, are bad characters. You know, I, I, I would take those three players that you mentioned on my football team, and I think I'd do pretty good. You know, Amen. I, I, Amen. you know, I take Michael Vick, I, I take Teal, and, and, and I certainly would take Deshaun Jackson on my football team. So I, I think Amen. there's maybe some other players. I, I'll go as far as saying this. I wouldn't take Hernandez on my team. Okay. Uh, no. I, I don't, I don't think I want that. Now that to me, that's a character flaw. You know, um, you know, and, and, and even recently, some of the stuff that I've heard about incognito, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, he's got a character flow. I don't know if I want him on my team. I don't think, I, I think, agree. I think he, I, I think his parents forgot to teach him a little bit of history and understand that, you know, there were times that black players recalled that word and couldn't play on football teams because they didn't want any of those, what they called that word on their football team and had to go in the back door and had to, you know, he couldn't drink out of the same drinking fountains, couldn't stay in the hotels. I think he needs to do a little history. That's a character flaw to me. But certainly, this young man, Bo, you know, I, I don't know him. I, I, I don't know him personally. You know, like you, the, all those other things that you mentioned to me about him. He's good in the locker room. You know, he's, he's got good talent. And, 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 and he's, he's on the field. He's demanding the respect of the other players. You know, I think he probably made a mistake. And I think, you know, that's one thing about athletics is that, you know, those coaches that are great coaches always talk to you, and particularly somebody like Woody Hayes back in the day. I remember that, that you're going to get knocked down. It's not the guy that gets knocked down that you're worried about. It's the guy that keeps getting up that you're worried about. Bo, I think, has been knocked down. He, just, he, he, he deserves a chance to come back. I just don't think he's going to get it this week. I think he's going to be missed. But before you got on the call, Rick, you and I are on the same page because it's all about that backup. And that backup has to understand that this may be your one and only chance that you get. And when you get in the game, that position can become yours if you perform. And again, this isn't all about Ray Ellis, but I remember the first time that I got a chance to start. And I, I think this may be the first time I ever said this on air. I got a chance to start against the New York Giants. I made 18 tackles. As, as a Amen. as a defensive back, the first time I ever started in the game, I made 18 tackles. Everybody was checking. They thought it was a mistake on the list. You usually see eight or maybe ten, but that can't be 18, can it? 18 Amen. tackles. That's because I didn't want to come out. I, I didn't want to come out. I, I'm like, no, you put me on this field, I'm running all over the place. I'm tackling everybody. I'm all over the place because I didn't want to come out. And I think those are the kind of players, and Andy's that kind of player, you know. He's that kind of coach. The secondary, I remember because, you know, playing it, I watched. They had that kind of secondary when Andy was with the Philadelphia Eagles when they first came in. You know, they had about five guys that, that their nickel, they had, you know, when they put a nickel in, it was like one of the guys that was going to the bench when they went back to regular defense, he could be starting someplace else. So I'm hoping that's what Andy's, I'm hoping that's what Andy's got in Kansas City because this is the time of year when injuries do factor in to wins and losses. And I do not accept injury as a reason for a team not winning a football game. Backup should be just as good as the starters because it's a competitive environment. Am I right about that? That's absolutely right, and that's Andy's feeling, because I, I asked him one time, I said, what's the difference between that one and that two, and he said an injury. So basically, um, we got to treat this week as if Dwayne Bowe got injured, and the number two is going to step right up. Just to clarify the character, I wasn't personally putting uh, uh, that tag on him. That's what, ha that's what those players had on them before they came to Andy. Andy overlooked all that, and he overlooked that. Now, 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 T.O. performed great for us, and in fact, in T.O.'s book, which he, he signed his first one to me, to Sensei Rick, he, uh, he, he says in his second book that Andy was the man's man, a man's man. He has most respect for Andy Reid. Deshaun, he had a little bit of stuff coming in. He got with, uh, he, he got with, uh, Jerry Rice, 
and he came in and, and he performed great under Andy and he's continuing to perform great. And then Michael, you know, nobody wanted to touch Michael and Andy told me him and Jeff Lurie, who are real dog lovers, went hunting and they discussed it and they came back and they said, this young man deserves that second chance. So it wasn't that Andy felt that they had character, but that's kind of the tag that was put on them. And of course, when under his realm, there was no character issues. Just like Dwayne Bowe, he had kind of had some things in his past, but this year with Kansas City, yeah, he's not performing up to what we've all expected, but he's also getting over and under, okay? So uh, it, it's tough in that league, as you know. If you're, if you're covering the highest side and your corner's got the low side, it's hard. You can take a receiver out of the game. I don't care if it's, if it's Jerry Rice, Stallworth, any of those cats, Lynn Swan back in the day or anything. I do comment about you to people, though, Ray. You're big enough to be a, a wheel linebacker in today's game. Back in the day, you know, they didn't throw the ball as much. And so that's why, you know, they could put you back there in the secondary. I think they'd have you up there more at wheel linebacker today. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know about that now because, like I said, when you look at the Seahawks out there, they got, they got secondary people out there weighing, you know, 220 pounds. You know, the most I ever played at was well, maybe 205, 206, 207. Oh, yeah, no, no. With the exception of the Seahawks. <laughs> with the exception of the Seahawks. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, but, to be honest but, with you, I, I, I got to help you out on that a little bit, Rick. I, I was a, of a generation where the change was starting to happen. As a matter of fact, when I, I remember when I retired from ball in 1989, uh, I, I went on air and uh, on a show and I, I told them, listen, the era of the 300 pound offensive lineman is about to start. Uh, right. and, and not before 1990, you didn't have very few, if any, 300 pound linemen. And now you have yep. 300 plus, you know, and the same thing in the secondary. There were a lot of guys, myself, six one, you know, weighing 195, 200 pounds. You know, that, you know, were, were safeties, you know, but I was a corner in college, but they started moving corners who didn't have that, that blazing speed. Let's move this person to a position where gives him an advantage. So let's move him into the safety box. And so they did oh, that. Agree. And then what they did, they started taking the, the lightning fast receivers, uh, that couldn't catch. <laughs> they made them DBs, you know, they made them corners, you know, but. No, I but, agree. I yeah. agree. I played with Aaron Mitchell and Aaron Mitchell who ended up, you know, uh, playing in the league with Dallas, he was a linebacker at UNLV. He was a, he was an outside linebacker at six foot three, two hundred forty pounds. And when he went to Dallas, they made him a cornerback. And Erlacher, Brian Erlacher, Brian now now Brian falls in that category. Brian was one of those safeties, I guess that you know wasn't going to be maybe wasn't swift to feet. So let's move him exactly. into a linebacker position where he would be at an advantage. Uh, but I, I I was I was blessed. like I said I had plus I had outstanding coaching. Now, you didn't hear it, but of course uh, I've told people before Pete Carroll my junior year, Nick Saban my senior year. So I I, I was prepared to go in and, and play in that second year. But let me let me ask you, Rick. There, you know, there's a couple games coming up this week. Uh, besides, of course, the Chiefs. Who else you got your eye on? I'm going to tell you one thing. Let me throw this out there. Atlanta Falcons. Everybody has to be disappointed. I mean, disappointed. Uh, the Falcons probably have been the most disappointing team this year, with the exception of I thought Tampa Bay. I have to say, I thought Tampa Bay was going to be much better than what they are. They finally got their first victory. I, preseason, I thought they would be much better. But, uh, but who are you looking for this week? What game is there out there that you think is going to be a great game that you'd like to see this week? You know, I, I think I, I think I'm falling in line with you. I, I think Atlanta's got to make a push here. There's too much talent on that squad. Um, I, I'm looking for them to turn it around. And just like you with Tampa Bay, I'm blown away. And they barely squeaked that game out last night, anyway, um, against the Miami team that didn't have Brian at quarterback. 
um, and, and could have easily been 0-9 at this point. I don't know what's going on in that locker room. But um, a bigger disappointment for, for me, and, and I'm and not saying that I'm unhappy with it because I'm not a Giants fan, but the New York Giants are, are one of the disappointments, I think, for the league in general. Um, but i got to be honest with you, Ray, there is no other game for me. It's Sunday <laughs> night. It's everything and anything and everything and all for me. Well, that, so, that, that's what a true fan does. A true fan cares about his team and doesn't care about anybody else. Hey, thanks for joining me, Rick. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.